You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined once again by Corey, the Bayou Benders. And this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. guys we are back after a long hiatus um and (laughs) you know to put it lightly um yeah life okay it happens but we're here we're back and uh how you been Corey? it's been a while oh man now i can't now the song's stuck in my head i'm i'm doing good dude um i relived um my childhood saturday um i went and saw a band play it was like their 15 year reunion if i'm not mistaken um this band hasn't played since like 2000 maybe i'm gonna I'm just say 2010 right i think it's probably somewhere either in early 2010 or late 09 um fantastic fucking show um I used to watch this band when I was like 16 years old. This is like right after Hurricane Katrina, uh, where there was like nothing to do. And just by the grace of God, we had a really sick music venue that was all ages. And um, yeah, I don't know. They started playing and I got goosebumps and shit, dude. And it felt like I was like transported back to like being a kid. It was fucking fantastic. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I don't know. You haven't experienced it yet, but something like that'll like whether it's music or or something, give it 10 years, you'll be like, fuck, dude. And you'll start reminiscing about said whatever. No, I would say I already do have like a lot of moments in my life where I do reminisce. I think I'm like, I'm reaching the age where like, like for example, um, in soccer right now, all the guys mm-hmm. I grew up watching, like this year in particular, it's like a max exodus, uh, Kareem Benzema, Ronaldo, Messi, Tony Cruz, Lewandowski, like Conte. It's just all the big names are, leaving Europe or, you know, leaving the big clubs, kind of retiring, Marcelo's retiring. Like, all those big names are, and some are already gone, Iniesta. Like, so I'm getting that for sports already. Mm-hmm. You know, Crosby, Ovi, kind of figures right. out of the league. Price. Um, but in music, I would say similar. Um, you know, kind of stuff like I grew up with Fallout by Fallout Boy. They broke up this year and, you know, other bands and stuff where right. I haven't had that, like, you know, I would say, like, Blink-22 got back together this or something, right? I would say they were a little, like, 
I didn't, I grew up with them, but that's probably more your generation's music. So that's like a big, I haven't yeah. had any reunions like that, but I, I definitely do kind of get the, um, the reminiscing sort of. Right. And I think it's tough because unfortunately where I live with drugs being such a big issue, um, there's so many, like, like I'm, I'm listening to the music and like, I'm just reliving being at this place called the high ground, which was the venue. And there's like so many of like my old friends that aren't, you know, with us anymore that this music triggers like instant memories with. And it's just so crazy. Um, that music or, or really anything um, can like invoke like pure happiness and just uh, enjoying, you know, shit in your life. I don't know how else to say it, um, but it was fantastic, dude. Um, yeah. Other than that, just, just work. Um, I'm enjoying uh, not having weekend work and um, it's been, it's been really good. Very, very fucking therapeutic. Um, I still am troubled as to what the fuck to do every, you know, weekend. Um, but the fact that I even have that as a, as a choice is, uh, is very crazy. Like I was telling you off air, um, you know, I worked like every weekend and every extra shift I can get my hands on from like 18 to 31. So to, to be in a situation I am in now and to have time off, it's, it's going to take a lot of getting adjusted to, um, but it is, it's very crazy. It's very crazy. Very, uh, very fun. Um, lately I haven't been doing a lot, you know, just like minor chores around the house and shit. Um, or just hanging around because I've never really had that. <laughs> I've never really had that except for when I was hurt. Uh, and what was that? 20, 20, 21, maybe whenever I got in that wreck. Um, yeah, it's been fun. Mason. Sorry. Kind of hog that intro. No, you're good, man. Um, so into the hockey news, um, as we approach the draft here, um, you know, things are kind of getting exciting. Um, lots of rumors going around. Um, the draft is, I guess it'll be a day from when this is released. Um, the Wednesday NHL draft takes place. Exciting stuff for Habs fans, but you know, like I said, the rumor mill, mill kind of stressing people out. We're hearing a lot of nothing is basically how I would put it. It's all the smoke screens that, you know, NHL teams put into play. They don't want, they're not going to let their pick get leaked. They don't want you to know who they're picking. It's the whole point. Um, the only team that, you know, in the top five, I think you should really be calling in for any sort of certainty is that <laughs> Connor Bedard from <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> and I think for the most part, Fantilli is a lock to Anaheim but you you know even that you never know that being said Mave Mishkov oh like um sorry conducting a bunch of interviews with teams or sorry they're interviewing him mm -hmm. um, as we approach the draft Montreal apparently one of those teams confirmed 
which I don't think is any sort of big news. I mean, Mishkov is a player. He's a top tier guy. You're in a top, a top picking position. You'd be stupid not to interview. Well, that's what I'm saying. Fans are taking this as like, oh, good news. The Habs are interested. If they weren't doing their due diligence at all. I I mean, honestly, I I wouldn't be surprised if Chicago, you know, like even though Chicago's getting Connor Bedard, you know, you interview the top guys. Is what it is. Yes, absolutely. And especially picking five, (laughs) you're going to interview everyone. Yeah, it's not like we're like, walking deep you know deep in the mix it's like yeah i'm not going to interview a guy I, I have no whiff at getting we don't you know if we if we're not moving up i'm, I'm not going to talk to him I, i'm gonna you know it's wasting my time when i could be sitting with another you know kid trying to find that you know a diamond in the it's rough funny it's funny you say that because the habs actually did interview connor bedard at the draft why not and yeah. No, but there's a funny story to it. Um, Habs interviewed Connor Bedard, but they had him as like one of their last interviews for the day. And he was like, they were hit one of his last or very last or something. Mm-hmm. They actually tried to, as the day progressed, they kind of, I guess, internally, they were like, we're not going to get a chance at Bedard. So they actually tried to save him time by just canceling to not. To basically like not waste the kids' time, mm-hmm. and uh, but Art showed up anyway, and I guess they were basically packing up, so they had a, they had a, but they just kind of sat down and had an off the cuff interview, and apparently it was awesome. Like Bedard, that's awesome. There. I mean, yeah, just like they were very honest. They were. Like, I love that. That's it. I think. <laughs> but, I think it's smart yeah. to. What? Why not? You have you have an opportunity to sit in front of you know. The, the next expected generational talent before he plays a minute of the game, you get an opportunity to talk to him, what he thinks his future is going to be. Now you have that personal, you know, quote or, or whatever he, whatever vibe he gives you, whatever you gut feeling you have from this kid, you now have that moving forward. I think that's cool. Just on a personal note to have that opportunity um, to be, you know, to, to be put in that position. But um that being said, I can also look at it as the Habs interview everybody they want. Now let's see if any of these kids share the same kind of qualities as Connor Bedard or or vice versa. You know, like these are all people we expect to do fantastic. This kid, we're not even talking about him anymore because we're already almost as like uh a fan of hockey just accepting that this kid's unreal there's no more there's there's not wonder there's not questions it's just like all right well we, there's no point talking about it until he plays we know what he's capable of we know what he's expected excuse me cat hair um why not interview why not interview him after we talk to all of our kids and see if any of them has like maybe the same head on their shoulders like an, an something uh to piggyback on, I don't know. Maybe that maybe that's stupid as fuck. But I feel like why not? You have an opportunity to talk to him. Why not see just where this kid's fucking brain's at? And if anybody else we talked to today kind of gave us that feeling. Yeah, I mean, I think we're getting a little bit off the beaten path here. Um, Who cares? 
it's awesome. Moral of the moral of the story, though, I don't think it's big news that the Habs are dra- are interviewing Mishkov. They should be. I think that's right? silly. Due, due diligence. Um, I, so, I, I, I think that that should. I think that that should be more. I think it should should be reversed with the Ryan Bach, uh, Ryan and Bacher kid. Like I don't understand. Like, look, I haven't done my homework on him, but I don't understand why everyone's so gung ho on this kid. But Mish called. Well, it's like, funny oh. you say that because it's it's very much the NH. It's very much. Um, how do you how how do I phrase this? Outside circle, as in fans and public scouts, are very much not on the Reinbacher in the top ten range. Like it, it's very much the NHL insiders that we're hearing. So it, it's kind of it'll be interesting to see what happens with Reinbacher, mm-hmm. where you know I think like even even many of the more traditional hockey sources, you know, insiders and stuff saying that he is even the most conservative kind of have him as the best available defenseman on the board. When you look at the public models and the public scouts, such as um, Dauber, our friend Sebastian High, who he has, I think, two or three defense, maybe it's two, at least two defensemen ahead of David Reinbacher. And that's mm-hmm. not to say he doesn't have David Reinbacher ranked fairly highly. I think he has him ranked 12th or something on his list, which when you look at it, at the grand scheme of things, that means that there's only 11 players he likes more than him. Right. He has him ranked very highly, but you don't see on these public models Reinbacher ranked in the top five or even in projections. Like, So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Um Personally, I think that is my doom scenario for the Habs this year. That is my like worst possible outcome is if we draft David Reinbacher. And that's that's not to say I think he is going to be a bad player, but I think that's the that's the wrong move. We talked about it last episode. Such a deep forward heavy draft, and you're just gonna go with the safe pick. We we got a fucking room full of defensemen. Well, absolutely. And that's the thing with Ryan Bacher is that what makes him appealing and what makes him one of the best players in the draft, but not, you know, what makes him a top, a top half first round talent, not a top 10 is that he is fairly safe he will play nhl games and he will play nhl games in a top four role right he's probably going to be able to pitch in on a power play at some point but in no capacity is he going to be a leader on the back end is he like he's probably not going to be a number one guy in the league and when you draft in the top 10 especially in the top five as we keep, you know, this is something we talk about a lot on the podcast. You need to swing for home run hits. And as much as I disagreed with the Slavkovsky pick, 
Um, at first overall, I think we should have taken Shane Wright or Logan Cooley. It's besides the point now, right? Mm-hmm. The one thing that does give me a little bit of hope, and Corey, I'd love to get your opinion on this, is that I think the Habs did swing for the fences on what they believe was the best potential. No, I think that's fair. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying I agree. Yeah. I think time will tell. I'm warmer on the Slav pick now than I was when it was made. But, and I'm not saying, at the time I didn't agree, and I'm not sure if I'd still agree. But what I do know is Slav was not the safe decision. No, he was definitely, like, he could have been last year's Meechkoff under the right circumstances. Like, how everyone's like, I oh, mean, I don't know. Should we take that risk? I don't want to even compare them in the same breadth. Because. Well, okay. So not the same just, breath, but he's that. I know, I know exactly what you're trying to say. He's the token, you know, oh, I don't know. Maybe we should stay away from this pick that that is every year. There's always that one guy that everybody yeah, is I think, on I think- the fence about. The moral of the story is what I'm trying to get to is that the Habs took a swing on the player that they think had the most potential. And do I think that the Habs believe Mishkov has the most potential? I'm not sure. That's where I'm nervous. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I do think that a lot of people are getting all doom and gloom about, oh, the Habs are going to go with the safe pick. They're going to pick Reinbacher because we've heard reports. Mm -hmm. I am scared the Habs could pick Reinbacher. Don't get me wrong. Teams (laughs) always traditionally reach on a defenseman in the top 10, top five. It happens every year. It'll probably happen this year. I hope it's not the Montreal case. If we do. But I I don't know how I feel about it front office after this yeah but what i am gonna say is that there is no evidence with this management group to support that they will make a safe pick if you look at what they did last year slavkovsky is not a safe pick i don't think slav is a player that is going to just be a solid nhl i think he will either be very good or not be. I don't I think he's 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 not a not a prospect that you go like, oh, like he'll be okay. Like a Nico Heischer, who first overall pick might not be the most out of the park home run hit, but he's gonna be a solid guy. Right. And then you go to Philip Mayshar with your other first round pick, who's a diminutive skilled forward. I wouldn't say he's that safe. Owen Beck is was the safest pick up and <laughs> like in that yeah. whole draft then they went with lane hudson all they did was take swings on potential i was gonna say they seem like you like you nailing it on the head they're which they're not grabbing the safe pick they're not grabbing okay he's the he's the consensus best on the board they're looking for the best to the best player to fix the habs in their vision who is the best out of this for a habs you know, in, in our, I don't know. That's how I'm. That's how I'm seeing it. Like they're not just okay. This guy has 
has a you know the upside is is safer with him. Instead, they're like, okay, well, we envisioned the Habs to to play more of this style of game. This would be our go-to pick instead of just okay, let's just grab a safety man or um you know uh, a two-way center. Yeah, like I just think that I guess the point I'm trying to get across is that while I do have fear in the Habs passing on Mishkov, like I don't even know if he's going to be available. Like it's just so. It's terrifying. funny because if he is you know? available, he seems like the perfect type of pick based off of last year's. Yeah, you know, what I'm, party, what you I'm, know. What I'm trying to get at is that I don't, I, this isn't me saying, I, I do have fear. Okay. I don't know what the fuck the Habs are going to do, but I don't think the Habs, I think that I have a little bit of faith because I don't, this idea that the Hab, that people have that the Habs are going to pick Reinbacher because he's quote unquote safe, I think is unfounded. Now, do I think <laughs> Kent Hughes, I'm, 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 I don't know what the fuck's happening at this point. Maybe they do pick Reinbacher thinking he has some insane potential, but I don't think it'll like, you know what I'm saying? I don't think it'll be because he's safe. So my hope is that they see Reinbacher who, who, for who I think he is. And I think he will turn out to be is a, for lack of a better term, a Caden Gooley type player, which we don't need another one of. And I hope they just swing on potential because a guy that I think we haven't talked about enough, because it's of course the Mishkov debate, right? Mm-hmm. But if Zach Benson's available, and me, even if like if we pass on Mishkov, I'll be upset. But if if we draft Benson and pass on Mishkov, I can't lie to you, Corey. I'm I'm happy still leaving that draft. Like I am not upset. I think that's fair. And then you worry about size later, honestly, like with both those players. Or we haven't even talked about the possibility that Leo Carlson is available or Will Smith. Right. Granted, I like Zach Benson more than Will Smith, but there are six guys that I have no idea that are go- could go in the top five. Like, I just have no idea what that order is. Yeah, After I, think, two, I think we I left it as... One and two are stocked in three to three to six is just a roll of the dice. Any any of any from three to six could go and you wouldn't be surprised. I just think that how do I put it? I think after two, it's just especially with Yarmo, right? In Columbus, I just don't know. Right. And you also look at um, Mike Weir in San Jose. We don't know what this guy's going to do. He's yeah. a wild card. And they, they really don't have anything to work with. So, I don't know. I I feel like we don't know what they're going to do, but I feel like they're in such a bad shape that they might go safe. They might go with the sh- a sure thing. Um, well, despite here's, here's that's not thing. what we said the last episode. Here's how I look at it. And this is why I say David Ryan Bacher is my absolute fucking. He's the worst. 
he's not a bad guy, but of anyone to grab in in that group, it's well, Reinbacher's my worst case scenario because the draft can go in a bunch of different ways, but let's assume it goes Bedard Fantilli. I think that is very safe. I would put money on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think most most would have you say then Leo Carlson at third and then then San Jose you get maybe they draft Mishkov or Smith right right or let's say let's say Columbus drafts you know I think Leo Carlson Smith are both kind of top four guys we're hearing right yeah and then everyone's assuming Mishkov will be available but the draft could just as easily go Columbus throws a curveball and they draft Smith, right? Mm-hmm. And from all we've heard reports that say San Jose really likes Mishkov, maybe they draft Mishkov and then the Habs get Leo Carlson. Leo Carlson, yeah. <laughs> right? Who is a guy that was talked about at second overall this year. Or, or I don't know, they it goes Mishkov Carlson and the Habs get Benson or Will Smith, right? And Mishkov doesn't even have to be a guy we pass. I'm just saying we could realistically get Leo Carlson, who I think if he falls to the Habs, is 100% going to go. If Will Smith is on the board, I think it's very likely the Habs take him too. Or something even crazier, because it's Yarmo Kekalainen, what if Benson goes third overall? Like something crazy could happen, right? Yeah. And I, I don't think... That's why David Reinbacher for me is, especially in this draft, such a fear. Like that is the one pick I think we make that I (laughs) lose my mind because the possibility for the Habs to get, the Habs are going to have a very, the Habs are going to have an opportunity to draft a very, very, very fucking good player with a very high potential offensively. Yeah. So I think it's crazy to think that I think it's crazy to think that whoever we draft, as long as it's not Brian Bacher, we're going to be like, damn, well, at least we got this guy. You know, it's like, I think my, my last guy is Will Smith before I'm sorry, from, from just the guys ranks three to six. Um, and I think if it, if everyone else went and we grabbed Will Smith or we grabbed Will Smith over someone else, I don't think I'd be that upset. I just think it's hilarious that if we don't go Reinbacher, whoever we choose is <laughs> is awesome. We're just like, oh, well, well, fuck. Okay, it sucks we didn't get him, but fuck, we, we, got, we got this kid. I don't know. Oh, I think it's – I think – I think there's so much risk in three to three to six, but at the same time, it's still safe as fuck. There's so much on these kids that, you know, there's not, it's not like you're grasping to look for something. There's so much material on them that anyone in that group, you know, Benson, Mishkov, Carlson, if he's available, Jesus, uh, Will Smith, they'd all, they're, they're all, could be slotted easily into our team. So none of them, if we don't, if we don't get this one and we, and we miss out on this guy, it doesn't matter. All of these guys 
would work perfect in the Habs organization. So it's it's just like a win-win. It's stressful, but it's not. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. It it is stressful because of Ryan Bacher. I think is yeah, yeah. Makes he it. makes it the, the yes, yes. The fact that we could go straight off the board and go with this dread that's been being like slowly pushed into our you know Habs news outlets, where it's like ah, get out of here. Like this is this is the group. This is the the group to pick from. There's always that possibility we go off the board like that. Ryan Bacher is like. We could just hope last year we Yarmo goes Reinbacher, and then we can all just sigh a great relief. Or the Sharks. Well, here's the thing. Last year I had a terrible, terrible fear the Habs were gonna not do the obvious thing and draft Shane. And they weren't gonna draft Shane Wright, and they were gonna uh-huh. draft Sarkovsky. And I I Welcome I to the fucking not- show. I am not a liar. I'm not going to say, oh, I was happy when the Habs drafted Slavkovsky. My buddy Rai has a video of me, like, face-palmed on the couch, like, punching the couch, like, losing my mind. That's hilarious. I was on the THPN live stream, (laughs) just all excited. (laughs) Like, I was thoroughly like depressed i my i i did not unclench my fists for like a solid 10 minutes until the kirby dog trade um but that feeling of dread is kind of the only way i can describe the way i feel about the reinbacher pick i think it's why it's it's because it is it's elevated so much more and i think it is for the fan base as a whole because I know a lot of people still don't agree with the slap pick, and I understand. Yeah, and y'all are just like, we can't have this happen again. Yeah. It's not a first but, overall pick. It's it's as high as we're going to get it. I will say, I think people – I know there's a lot of haters, but a lot of people have warmed to it. I've warmed to it. But I, know, but I think everyone collectively, no matter what side you're on, agrees that we can't do that again. Just make the obvious pick. You know what I mean? Go sure. for potential. No, I I, I completely understand where y'all are coming from. Y'all are just like last year we took we took the gamble. This year we got a good patch of guys right in front of us. You know, fucking two of these guys will probably still be here. Please don't go 15 picks later and grab the sought after defenseman that we don't technically need just yeah it's basically just (laughs) a sense of please let's not do this again yeah i mean we we i think uh who who was our last who was our last you know top five pick that was not scary for the for the Habs, you know. I think Pardon they've me? risked. When was the last? When was the last top five Montreal Canadiens pick in a draft that wasn't the risky move? Uh, I know like Carey Price. You, you know, like <laughs> Galchenyuk, and then I think the <laughs> if even here's the funny thing. 
the last the the last top five pick before Galchenyuk was Carey Price at five, mm-hmm. and in the most ironic way possible, that was also considered a risky pick. Okay, <laughs> you were drafting a goal, but you know what I mean. Like, sure, the Habs have not been able to kind of breathe in a sigh of relief. Yeah, where... they, there's no consistency. It, look, of what you just said, the only one that panned out to be fantastic was Carey Price. You know, living up to a fifth round pick. I mean, a a fifth overall pick. You know, that being a goalie as well. Um, but every move for the Habs has been terrifying. Like, what the fuck? This is off the rails. And we had one last year, so I can understand where everyone's concerns are. Hopefully, because of the the awesome level of professional talent that's with this group this year that we can make a risky play in that three to six Matvey Michkov maybe. Um, and it not fucking be out of this world. Some random guy or some guy that's, you know, 10 picks later that we just had to grab him. No, absolutely. Um, but Carey Price is the last one that's still with the team, too, I think. Well, you know what I mean. Other than Slav. Yeah, yeah. but, I mean, he hasn't um, had his chance. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do think that the Habs are going to have a good opportunity to draft someone. Ryan Bacher, of course, worst-case scenario. But moving on from that um, and just being positive, I do think – this draft could be huge for the Habs. And I, I, there's a lot of doom and gloom and people have already given up on Slav, which I think is ridiculous. And, you know, realistically, I think that's why this draft is stressful because most of the time you have a first overall pick, you leave that draft feeling like you've, you've just drafted the face of your franchise. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I am not in that boat yet. To be honest, I don't think the Habs have that superstar. I think Slav, you know, maybe he can make improvements. We'll see, right? I think it's very likely if the Habs draft well at fifth overall, they could find the face of their offensive face of their franchise here. Mm-hmm. And that, while it is stressful, is very fucking exciting to me because all the guys we've been talking about outside of Ryan Bacher the offensive prowess they possess is I think greater than any other, any player that was drafted last year in 2022. Mm-hmm. They, I think all these guys would have gone first overall last year. Yeah. So and I think that's saying, why, um, no, that's spot on. I think that's why I wasn't as upset as you last year because Every I don't know that there was the consensus that Wright was the the better pick, but it wasn't it wasn't so astronomical as it is just this year, and the people that surrounded him I don't know I just I don't think it was as big of a pool in this you know top eight like you're saying I don't know I whatever <laughs> yeah um but moving past um. 
draft talk into because well it sort of is draft talk um you know lots of buzz about Pierre-Luc Dubois um you know talk about because the Habs do possess um a bunch of picks in this draft you know what's gonna happen are the Habs gonna make a deal um it looks like LA are the front runners but over 24 hours ago it was basically you know for all I know we're going to record this and then two hours later a deal is going to go through. But as of right now, it's been 24 hours since LA quote unquote, basically had a deal in place. And now it's kind of been nothing crickets Mm -hmm. sounding like an extension needs to be signed, but hasn't been figured out yet or something's going on. And the latest report I've seen on Twitter while recording this is that they're talking about the possibility of Pierre-Luc Dubois signing a one-year contract in LA because of LA's cap problems and then signing an eight-year extension the following year. Now, I'm absolutely positive that if LA were to do this, it would be with a wink and a nudge to kind of Pierre-Luc Dubois saying, yeah, we'll get it done next year. Sort of like Carolina did with Kotkaniemi, right? Yeah. But how fucking hilarious would it be if L.A. does that and Pierre just says, you know what? I want to test my options. <laughs> <laughs> and then signs with the moment. Like, I'm, I'm, that is, it's a pipe dream. It won't happen. But I'm just saying, God. if I was a Kings fan, for the price that it sounds like Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be paid, going to have to be you know, bought for from the Jets, mm-hmm. that would stress me out beyond belief. And I'm really interested to see whether or not the deal gets done. Because honestly, if I'm if I'm the GM of the Kings, that I need an assurance and I need that extension. One year won't do it for me. Um, especially given you know how obvious, like Pierre Luc Dubois' number one choice is obviously Montreal, but he's not going to limit himself. But right. it's so obvious that he wants he wants to test that out. So to not lock him in, I think, would just be a terrible business decision. And based on the fact that the deal's been stalled, I'm just curious what you think. Do you think that possibly there's still some life to Pierre-Luc Dubois? Because you and I, I think, have been fairly realistic about it the whole time. We've, we've made the jokes about he's coming, but, you know. Now I, I, now I just I don't even want him. Like, yeah, he'd be fucking You've been fantastic cold. You've been for this cold team. On start. Yeah. Yeah, but it I think I said it best and the best I'll ever fucking get it out. Uh out who knows how many podcasts ago it was. I said if 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 he was available and this was happening two, what is it, two years ago when we making the fucking push, if that came in during the bubble or the or the Stanley Cup you know, finals year, I say you hammer it. It's nothing that bringing him to this team is not going to fucking, you know, skyrocket us into, into the playoff caliber next year or even the following year. And you're going to have to sign him fuck well over what you just, what you, what you just achieved with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield to try to get the team to a, a smaller, a smaller number you know, and all we really have left is what Carrie Price. 
and we're just going to sign this guy to way more than what our fucking captain's making. And he's not going to make that team turn into, oh, we're picking uh, 29 next year or, you know, something like that. We're still going to be, if we add him, we're going to spend all of our fucking money and we're going to end up right outside of the top five in the draft the following year and the in the next year. So we just get double fucked. Love, love Pierre Luc Dubois. I want him. We're not going to get a good price for him. Yeah, I, I if don't you think, if you like, I, I was reading Mac. Way, go ahead. The only way the Habs trade for Pierre Luc Dubois is if LA falls apart because Dubois refuses to sign an extension. And Dubois basically stiff arms the Jets and says, hey, look, I'm not, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, that's kind of get like, out of jail I, Because I am absolutely certain that what Kent Hughes has done, because it seems to be what Kent Hughes does in any sort of transaction, he has internally set a price that he believes Pierre-Luc Dubois is worth, and he is not going over it. The Jets are over that price right now. Mm-hmm. The second the Jets meet that price, Hughes will pull the trigger. You know what I mean? It, it's how, it seems to be how he operates. Right. If the Jets hit that price, I am absolutely positive Hughes will pull the trigger because he will deem it worth it. I think it's not, I don't think it's going to happen personally. I think that's it's a fat chance. I think this LA deal probably gets done within the next few days, maybe during or after the draft, if picks are involved, you never know, right? But I, there is definitely that possibility because like I said, purely Dubois holds so much leverage. And if tomorrow morning he wakes up and says, you know what, the Blue Blanque Rouge are what I want, I'm going to make it happen, he could. So it, it'll be interesting to really follow along. Yeah, I've- I'm I'm all here for it, but I I don't even see a percentage of it being <laughs> being real. I've I've just I was so on board with this, and now I just it scares me. If we get back into this, we're moving back into uh, an old rhythm that I'm so sick of is overpaying for guys that deserve it, but we're not a team that that's going to do anything with you. We're just going to spend all this money on you um, and still be a, a, at best middle, middle of the pack group, you know, or we can, we can keep building instead of trying to do little, little fixes. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Here's a silly I'm one. Sorry. I'm what's up. I'm just absolutely baffled here. As we're recording this, the NHL awards are. Oh yeah, yeah. I just got an alert. Um. Somehow Connor Bedard has won an award. Which. Like. What? Yeah. So I think we've been pretty critical about the NHL awards on this podcast. I think the NHL's All Star. All-star team, the awards are incredibly just terrible the way they handle it. 
Fucking Connor Bedard has won the EJ McGuire Award of Excellence for a candidate who best exemplifies commitment to excellence through strength of character, competitiveness, and athleticism. He hasn't fucking been drafted yet. <laughs> and they're already shoving this dude down our throat because he plays for the Blackhawks. This is unbelievable, in my opinion. That is fucking wild. Uh-uh. Sorry, I just I that that just when did when did that become an award? <laughs> I've never heard of that award before, but that just baffles me. It's so weird. <laughs> weird, eh? I don't get it, dude. Did they just make it for him? I'm sure it's existed before. Have we have excuse me, fucking sneezing? Have we backed out of inclusion just to include one person, Connor Bernard? Yeah, what I'm not fuck sure. Is this weird, eh? Dude, someone's kissing some serious ass. Like, where where else is he gonna play? Like, you don't have to. You don't have. I don't know. They're they're fucking babying him. Hey kid, you're gonna like it here, you know, as if it's not fucking crumbling around him. You know, he's gonna go play at the fucking any, you know, for the NHL. I don't think you gotta like win him over. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, um talking about the LA Kings, I wanted to see where Phil Deneau is. You know, Phil Deneau is gonna be done 20, 26, 27, and only 33. Part sorry, what? We were talking about the Kings, and I was looking at the the Kings roster, and of course we're talking Habs Kings. Some of mine went to fucking uh, Phil Deneau. I just I, I just didn't understand the numbers. You're oh, saying. you're fine. No, I, I probably rambled that out like a fucking idiot. Um, Phil Deneau's contract ends in, you know, including this year, he's got four years left. He's only going to be thirty three. I thought he was a little bit older than that. Um. Yeah. So I was gonna say earlier, what 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 do you think he's gonna be capable of at age thirty-four? And do you think he's still gonna be like a selkie snub? A selkie snub. I mean, he didn't even get um consideration. And I, I don't watch his game enough in LA to to really he's know. Still got I it. know that he's utilized differently. Yeah. To be fair, but yeah, would you sure. would you take him back? He got his would payday. He got his payday. He got his payday. Would you take him back at thirty four? If we got, cause, cause, I feel like that's you're getting to a situation that's just such an if and or buts. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But but it's it's, to... it's the off season, right? So here we are. Our window that we've been talking about. Especially if we go Matt Bay Meechkov, three to four years, right? Okay, and that's when we're looking to start making that grand push to get back to that feeling of 2021. Phil Deneau, UFA. If it's on the table, do you bring him back? What price? I don't know. Like, I think for pure nostalgia, I'd want to know. I'd bring him back as just yeah, like but... to 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 thicken up the core group. 
Like here comes. You're also fucking... asking me to predict <laughs> what the team's gonna look like, and oh sure, I'm just saying. You know, no we idea, we've right? been saying we've been saying that that's about the window of how long we think that Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon's uh like game of chess is gonna take to put the team that they want out there, and Phil Deneau just happens to be becoming my absolute yeah. My absolute pipe dream would be that. In 2026, when I graduate um, <laughs> university, that would be 2020. Yeah, 2026. So right after I graduate, pass my NCLEX, and then I just get to drink beer and watch the Habs play hockey into June and win a Stanley Cup. That would be like my perfect. So yeah, I hope that's the timeline, truly. But I have basically zero um belief that philip to know will be part of any sort of championship <laughs> roster the halves ice dude you know looking at it now his contract's not bad <laughs> i didn't think it was bad uh in the past but just just where everybody's sitting now it's it's a solid contract i wouldn't be I'd take him if if they were shopping him around like a year before UFA. I'd take his ass. Why not? What's he making? Uh, five five. Yeah, it's not much. No, and it's crazy that we wouldn't offer him the half a million because we were we were at fifteen. I mean, I'm sorry, we were at five, and they just wouldn't give him that extra half. I'm sure there's a little bit more to it, but. I remember us reading that and just feeling dumbfounded. My understanding too is that he was upset about only being utilized in a defensive capacity. Yeah, the center role. You look at how he's playing in LA and he scored 27 goals because he gets ozone starts. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm sure there was a bunch of stuff involved. Dominic, I just I hate that his contract didn't come up uh during Kent Hughes and them. Like I feel like we we probably would have kept them if we if Bergevin had left before the contract was done, you know. Like if if we were in the Kent Hughes era, I feel like they would have got him, and they probably would have got him for five two five, you know, met him right there, if not all the way there, and then probably changed the way that you do us. Whatever, uh, love Phil to know, <laughs> and it's your fault. Where do you want to take it? I'm not too sure. Like, you've kind of lost me with this Phil Deneau talk, if I'm being honest. Why not? Who cares, dude? Like I said, it's the summer. We were talking about the NHL awards giving Connor Bedar an award. Yeah, that's just... So, I mean, I I took it as, okay, we're we're running. We're running with it. Um, hmm. where else to go? I guess. Um, we could finish it off here by just. I want to know who you think the Habs are going to draft fifth overall. Give me your top five. Give me your honest to God prediction. Um, because I'm not as heavy on him as the other guys, I think it's going to be Will Smith. Matt Vay Meechkov, Zach Benson. 
No, sorry, I meant give me your top five, like Bedard. Oh fuck! I thought like, you meant who do you like think drafted. Oh, I think it's gonna go. Uh, son of a bitch! I think it's gonna go Bedard, Fantilli, Leo Carlson because um I've gotten excited about him a little bit, so I think there's just no no shot. Um, then I think Matvey Michkov and then Zach Benson. So you think I San think Jose we're gonna grab? I think San Jose. It, it, it's either three. It's either swap. Leo Carlson and Matt Vayer could be swapped, and I think, uh, just my opinion, I would rather Zach Benson over Will Smith. No, I would agree with that. But yeah, I originally thought you were saying, okay, what is, what do you think the halves are going to do? And I was, so I was like, okay, if he's on the board, they're going to go Will Smith. If Will Smith's not on the board, they're going to go Matt Vay. Matt Vay's not on the board. Um, then they'll go, you know, if neither one of those are on the board, then they'll go Zach Benson. That's what I was saying. But no, that's that's where I'm sitting. And I think I'm still cool with any of those interchangeable parts, even though I'm like not as big on uh, Will Smith. Uh, I still respect his game to know that he needs to be right there. No, absolutely. So, and I think Will Smith I don't is think a, that's a bad one. Will Smith's a prospect that I don't think we've given enough credit to. Mm-hmm. Um, his potential, his offensive potential is one of the best in the draft. And realistically, like the he could put up 90 points, 100 points. Like he could be that fucking good. I think that there is more risk associated with him. And that's why. Um, I don't know. I'm a little more adverse to drafting him. Right. That being said, if the Habs draft him, I'm ecstatic. Like Will Smith's going to be, Will Smith could probably want to hope Baker. Okay. In the next couple of years, he will be a top player in college. He will be a top prospect in hockey. I have no doubt about that. The U S national development program is leading the world in all these prospects for a reason. They know how to develop guys. They know how to develop offensive minded guys. Right. I just, I like the game of Mishkov and Benson more, but I feel like for, you know, listeners that maybe don't follow the draft as much we've made, we, I don't think we've done Will Smith any justice. I think we've done him a little dirty. If the Habs get Will Smith. Oh, absolutely. I have, I have really not said a lot of good things about him and it's not like I'm downing him in any way. I just lean a little bit more (laughs) on the, on the other guys. No, absolutely. Sorry, I'm looking up the score. <laughs> uh, LSU's up nine, nine, two as of nine minutes ago in the World Series. I know you don't give a fuck. Sounds like a game over. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past it, but um, I don't know. I think kind of, kind of like you are with uh. Who's that Owen back? That's from your town or like the next town over. Pardon me. Isn't, is it Owen Beck? That's from the next town over from y'all. Yeah. Owen Beck's from Port Hope, Ontario, Port which Hope. is like okay. so, 15 minutes from my house. Like I told you before, there's a kid on LSU that played. Well, that's from my hometown and he's been fucking lighting it up. So like everyone, 
whether you like baseball or not, it's been fun to watch a kid from the parish fucking, you know, be the be one of the core members of of a fucking fire run. Sorry. <laughs> no, like I it's totally going agree. on while we're it is while cool we're to see this. like hometown talent. <laughs> yeah. I think it's awesome, dude. Like the last, he wasn't really hometown talent, but he went to our high school. Was uh your boy that plays for the Mets? I mean, Jesus, the Knicks. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ah, uh, fuck. What's his name? Um, he wasn't in high school with me. He came like right after I graduated. Um, the Simmons is that his name? I've got no idea, buddy. I don't know. Not a big basketball guy. I don't Are you looking know. it up? Yeah. Uh, no. You know what? I'm not even going to say it. Jesus. Just hit the mic. I'm not even going to say it because every time I do, I always hear, that's not fucking him. And um, <laughs> I'm just going to catch myself now before I say it. Uh, NBA player. Mitchell Robinson. I don't know why I always forget his name. Um, but yeah, that's like the last kid from or at least played in Chelmet uh to be on the center stage of uh their sport of choice. But yeah. Um uh, where I I feel like we're wrapping it up, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's too much more to okay to really go over. Before we wrap it up, we do have an ad read. Forgot that one. Uh, anyway, folks, this is ad read by our friends over at DraftKings. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use it on LSU if it's not too late. Uh, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050. Or visit Gambling Help line ma.org in new york call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in kansas call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of boot hill casino and resort in <laughs> west virginia gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net jesus all games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 or older in most eligible states, but ages varies by jurisdiction cdraftkings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg required for one for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. See the terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Jesus. Fuck. That was wild. Um, whoever wrote that, 
wrote type that up like the way I speak, like it makes no fucking sense. Like there's no I don't know. I, I feel like the listeners will get the reference. That was uh that was even hard for me. Jesus. I feel like somebody from the South wrote that. Anyway, Mason, I don't have anything else. I'm gonna go watch this LSU game. Sounds good. Well, thank you guys for stopping by listening. Uh, we appreciate bearing with us, taking the time uh, out of your day to listen, talk hockey with us. Um, I guess the next time we'll speak, we'll know who the Habs have drafted, and I'm sure there's going to be a long debate about that, so I'm looking forward to it. Hooray! So, see you guys soon, and uh, you know we'll be back. Once again, this has been Has Nightly. Thank you all so much for listening. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.